It is episode 24 of Aaron and Patricia. My name is Aaron. My name is Patricia. And hey, uh, we're going to have some uh, more fun talking about the election. Uh, some more Animaniacs news. Uh, some uh, a reboot of the Ninja, Tur Ninja Turtles, again. Uh, Ren and Stimpy has just come right out of the blue on Comedy Central. We'll tell you about that. Uh, Dwayne Johnson has bought the XFL for $50 million. Uh, we'll tell you how uh, embarrassing that is. Uh, Animal Crossing has outsold the entire Metroid franchise. We'll tell you about that. And who is Craig the Brute? You are listening to Aaron and Patricia. So, before we get started, uh, Patricia, do you want to uh, tell us what's going on on the Old School Lane podcast? Absolutely. So, uh, recently, I had interviewed a new guest for my show. Uh, you may know him as uh, the former co-creator slash voice actor of uh, a certain abridged series called Yu-Gi-Oh! GX The Abridged Series. Uh, and also, you may know him for other things. Um, he has been in uh, various video games and various cartoons such as Black Hole. Uh, ukulele, um, various uh, online videos for Mashed, and uh, just recently, uh, Sheriff Hayseed. Uh, Hayseed, I'm sorry. Uh, he is uh, Blake Swift, aka Shady Vox. So I interviewed him on the show, and we talked about um, you know pretty much his early t uh, years with uh, doing voiceover work and doing his. Uh, a bridge work, and then eventually he left all of that to become a musician for his band Scratch 21. Oh, well, yeah, I remember the Yu-Gi-Oh from back in the day. Uh, oh, let's see, I remember. It was, uh, was it about a poker game in Greece? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's uh, Digi Gaming in Antarctica. Oh, okay, then. Um, I thought it was uh, lacrosse in uh, Canada. No, it's actually Go in China. Yeah, I think we've angered all the Yu-Gi-Oh fans enough now. So yeah, we we know it's uh, yeah. Mind yeah, you, so for the, the the TV series was actually radically different from the Magnus manga series, wasn't it? Because oh, uh, yeah, the manga yeah. series is about like a, a an Egyptian god getting murderous revenge on people. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, if they want to know more about that, then they can watch Yu-Gi-Oh season zero. Cool. But anyway, before you do that, you might want to check out our show. So, uh, if by the way, um, we've made a really big, I've, at least I've made a really big decision in my life. Um, I've decided to leave Facebook. Yes, I, I think you alluded to that uh, on the last episode because you were saying, I want to do an experiment and I'm not going to post any of my updates and my podcasts on Facebook because you've been receiving more of it on Twitter and Tumblr, so you decided to give that an experiment. Yeah, so so here's how this works. I mean, we didn't see a dent in the numbers. You know, like, we get, like, like a thousand down, like, around about a thousand to five hundred, uh, fifteen hundred uh, downloads uh, a month, uh, at least. And so, uh, we put an episode up, we didn't post it to Facebook, and you guys pretty much came through and said, no, we don't listen on Facebook no more. So, uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, we're going to retire the Facebook page, and also I'm going to leave Facebook. And, you know, it's more for also not just for the fact that I've been doing the Aaron Meta show for many years now and uh, not seen any return from anyone on Facebook. And it's just to the point where it's kind of like, you know, um, Facebook has just become so toxic right now. I've just decided that it's just not a good part of my life no more. And I've decided that uh, now is the time to probably leave and uh, f just go on to new fields of fight, you know, just go find new adventures out there in the world. So, um, to all people who are listening on Facebook, if you are listening on Facebook, I don't know if you are or not, but uh, to those probably one or two people who are, you know, uh, thank you very much for uh, listening. But uh, now, if you want to listen to us, either download one of the podcast apps, or you'll have to go on Twitter, or you'll have to go on, on Tumblr, or you'll have to go mm -hmm. on Instagram. So, uh, you know, right. as, as, uh, so as far as I'm concerned, um, you know, come the end of August, uh, we're fully pulling out of Facebook. We've, uh, it's, 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 uh, suits, it's done its purpose now. And uh, I don't see any reason to stay. 
So Fair uh, enough. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Patricia, shall we talk about the U.S. election? <laughs> oh, like we haven't talked about it a million times already, but sure, why not? Well, let's face it, this, this, you know, this continues to be a big topic. This will be the topic. Actually, I'll tell you what, Patricia, I mean, I'm sorry to once again do production on the uh, on the actual show rather than actually talking about it. Maybe, who knows? Maybe some people find some fascination with it. But, uh, I mean, uh, shall we live stream when we do the, the night of the election? That would be an interesting idea, yeah. Yeah, I mean, let's get on Twitch. Let's probably like you know, let's wait till you know the 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 the, uh, the bell turns ten, the, or the clock turns ten, and then we will just uh, react to uh, whatever happens on that night. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so uh, we'll put something together. Maybe we might invite a few people, maybe to uh, to have a watch along and uh, see what happens. Sure, so, why not? Uh, yeah, but uh, anyway, before we even get into that, and before we even announce anything solid to to that, uh, let's talk about some of the news that's coming through. So, um, last week I said that Donald Trump was looking at banning TikTok, and would you believe it? He's actually signed an executive order to basically have everybody uh, remove themselves from TikTok within forty-five days. Yes. So, you and, know, and, and I called thing, it. Like, you know. Yeah, you you did. And, and here's the thing. Like, you know, they're they're making the argument that, oh, you know, we don't want to give too much um, of our use to, you know, this Chinese company or whatever. But we all know why he's doing it. He's doing it because he knows that TikTok is the reason why the um, the rally at Tulsa, Oklahoma went as badly as it did. And, and it just only get it, it only got worse from there. And, and it's just uh, also why he's doing so badly with younger voters. As well, like you know, it's a, yeah, t- exactly. TikTok is a toxic environment for MAGA fans. It really is. So like uh, you know, the uh, the the Gen X, the the youth, the people who despise the Republican Party, pretty much are in an existence on TikTok. So what are they going to do? They're going to ban TikTok, and they're going to use the uh, the veil of uh, chi- the Chinese Communist Party. And the, here's the thing about this: the Chinese Communist Party is an evil organization that deserves to be uh, sanctioned left, right, and center. I think they need to be pretty much decimated made it into the ground as far as I'm concerned after what all the millions of those Uyghur Muslims that they've made suffer you know, all the people in Hong Kong who have had their democratic rights taken away after everything that China has done you know, disrespecting intellectual property and you know, all the evil things that they've done to their own people, suppressing their own people you know, all the people also that suffered in the Tiananmen Square massacre as well everything pretty much leading up uh, you know, the history of the Chinese Communist Party, as far as I'm concerned, they're, they're liable for all of it and deserve any type of punishment that can get them. In this instance, this is not the reason why he's doing it. Because, let's face it, we know his ego and we know who this guy is. He doesn't give one flying fuck about what he's doing with China. He just cares about himself. And, and you know what? This is, and, and, you know, him thinking that... Uh, oh, you know, um, I should be like luring myself over to getting younger voters because, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, there are going to be like thousands upon thousands of people who are going to be turning 18. And so maybe he can be able to say, hey, you know, um, let's see if we can do that. But he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to ban this website that you guys just absolutely like to post stupid seven second videos to. Come September, this is going to light a fire under those people. I guarantee it. Like, uh, I mean, I said it last week. I mean, once TikTok goes away, what do you think all these people are going to do? They're going to go on other social media websites and they're going to rant about not having TikTok no more and the people who are responsible for taking it away. Yep, that's exactly what's going to happen. They're going to go over to other venues. They're going to go over to Twitter. They're going to go to Tumblr. They're going to go to Facebook. They're going to go to Instagram. They're going to go to every single place to say you know, this has gone too far. We need to get rid of him once and for all. And I, and, and I, I even said this last week that I am just so 
angry and kind of frustrated that out of everything that Trump has done, the one thing that might be the tipping point for a lot of people is that this one website was banned and that was the, that, that basically just frustrated but, but, but Richard, like Here's the thing about this. How many people on TikTok do you think are locked in a cage on the southern border right now? Uh... Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But here's the thing about this: like, people aren't. You know, this is how you know. Unfortunately, insular that uh, some of our social media platforms have become. They're not aware of everything that's going on with when they're outside a bubble. When you pop that bubble and you take that boy, if you take that bubble away, that's what's going to make people angry. And mm-hmm. I guarantee you, it's going to create a lot of anger for people. Because now is. all of a sudden they've lost their platform in order to kind of, uh, you know, organize or to basically, you know, post their videos and things like that. And um, I guarantee you a lot of influencers are going to be really pissed off too because no doubt they probably invested their business into where TikTok and hoping that was going to stay for the long term. So, I mean, what do you think they're going to do? You know, uh, this this yeah. is going to, this is, I guarantee you, that, um, this is Donald, this is Pearl Harbor and Donald Trump's Imperial Japan. He's just awoken a sleeping giant. In my opinion, I think a lot of young people are going to. They're, not, they're already pissed off already. Like you know, quite a lot of them are now unemployed. Um, a lot of them have left uh, college now with no job to go to. Um, there's a lot of people already who are just you know in complete despair. Many of them are sick of being racially profiled. That's the reason why the Black Lives Matter movement has taken off and uh, has uh, now started rioting in the streets. You know, well, man, gee, the, the police started before it even becomes a riot. So I mean, I'm a, a bit uh, you know not describing that correctly in my opinion. I think uh, it's uh, they they are peacefully protesting and then the police kick off with them and then all of a sudden it turns into a war. You know, on the streets. So. Um, then, obviously, there's the economic turmoil that's coming that. And by the way, I really don't care what Donald Trump has to say now in regards to uh, ethnic minorities and, and employment. You could see how, see how fragile all that was when he mishandled the coronavirus and everyone lost their jobs again. You know, like, <laughs> in my opinion, this whole thing now is uh, this, might, this might change the election. You know, there's a reason why I put it as the headline, because, you know, we might be seeing a lot of young people now coming out and saying, okay, I don't particularly like Joe Biden, but at least I'll, you know, I'll pick him over Trump. Yeah. And in addition to that, there's also the discussion that, well, I mean, you know, a lot of people who went through, um, you know, the, the school shootings, they were not leaning over towards Trump because we already know how much Trump you know, loves the NRA and is, you know, buddy buddies with the people who are working for them. It's like, hey, you know, we don't want our teenagers and our young adults or children to die when they go to school. Well, I mean, like, I don't think we'll be worrying about the NRA anymore, do you think? I mean, like, uh, now that we know that uh, there's a lawsuit currently going on because uh, many top people there have been accused of uh, lining their own pockets with people's money. You know, like, uh, this, 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 yeah, this will destroy the National Rifle Association. You know, like, uh, uh, here's the thing about this. Uh, would you ever imagine that the National Rifle Association will be on life support in our lifetime? No, because, I mean, it, it, this is actually kind of interesting because I recently read through uh, a digital gaming fact when uh, they were posting up some NES facts. And apparently the NES Zapper was hugely popular in America because according to uh, one of the Japanese uh, employees from Nintendo... He said the reason why the NES Zapper is really uh, popular is because America loves guns. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, mind you, I think we're kind of straying away from our election coverage by saying that. But, no, 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 uh, but here's the thing. But here's the thing. Like, you know, Donald Trump has strayed so far away from getting toward the younger people. And he's hoping that he's going to get the older people to come by again. But even then, the older people are getting fed up with him. Yeah. I mean, a lot of them are dying. And a lot of them have to stay indoors because they can't go to work. They can't, 
um, go do their activities. They can't see their families because, you know, some places there's lockdown and other places there's huge restrictions. So, I mean, I'm sure that there's a lot of people who are just frustrated about everything that's been going on. And, you know, there's still going to be those people who are going to say, you know, uh, you know, Trump 2020. And oh, my God, I, I got to tell you, did, did you see the tweet of Donald Trump posting, you know, 2020, then 2024, 2028, and then all the way going up to 2054? Well, so he's going to be president when he's 100 years old. Like, you know, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll walk on that one as far as I'm concerned. But uh, I mean, in regards to that, I mean, like, here's this. Keep this in mind. Like, he's in his 70s already. Like, you know, I think, uh, you know, I, I believe if he does win in tw- in November, that you know, he will not, he will not want to last another term. I guarantee you that he'll probably he'll take out his four years. He'll go away in 2024. I mean, maybe he might even die in his in his uh, in his in his next term. I don't know, but I mean, like, uh, I really highly doubt that he's going to go in for the long haul. I I, I, I really don't. If you look at him, like he's not in good health at all. No. Like, you know, that's, that's the funny thing about this. I mean, before we get into that, um, let's talk about, uh, I mean, we're going into poll numbers anyway, so we might as well go into that at the minute. So, um, I've been doing some number crunching in this, and uh, I guarantee you, like, uh, some of the, the flip states that he needs, I mean, the one state that I would say that Joe Biden definitely needs is Florida. If he wins Florida, I mean, forget Texas now. I mean, a lot of these swing states now are starting to starting to go quite solidly now for Biden. In, in this mm-hmm. point. So the Rust Belt is turning back blue, you know, even though it turned red for Donald Trump because they wanted to give him a chance, and oh boy, did they pay for that. And uh, now a lot of the, um, you know, he's got the East and the West now. So it's kind of it turns very solidly blue, not to say that they weren't solidly blue before. And now there's possibly that Nevada might now go Biden because of uh, mail-in ballots, and uh, there's just, you know, just disdain for Trump now on that, on that side of things because coronavirus is not getting any better, and obviously people there are relying on tourism for their, you know, for their economics to work. So, obviously, with coronavirus, obviously, that's just making things far worse for them in that regard. So, um, with all these uh, variables now starting to come into play, um, all Joe Biden needs to do is win Florida, I believe. Yeah. And then that's it. In my opinion. Wow. So if, here's the thing, guys, baby. If we, if we sit there and we see the results come in, and if we see Florida turn blue, I think we could probably say it's done. I mean, that's going to be really hard. I mean, you know, Trump has a huge um, support in Florida. You know, his golf course is over there. His hotel is over there. The 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 polls don't work. Here's the thing. I mean, yeah, it could. I mean, I'm just saying I'm not saying that Joe Biden's definitely going to win it. I'm definitely going to say I I would say he 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 needs to win it in order to win the election. Sure. So but uh, I mean, whether it's going to flip for him or not is going to be is going to be interesting. To say the least. Uh, uh, yeah, for sure. And again, you know, we'll have to wait until when we reach over to election season to find out what's going to happen. But yeah, I mean, like, he, you know, Trump has been doing some really stupid stuff. I mean, like just today, wasn't he like making uh, an executive decision about like if he's going to vote, if he's going to be reelected in 2020, then he's going to get rid of Social Security. Yeah, that's um, I mean, uh, do you think he cares anymore at this point? I mean, of like, course not. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, he doesn't care that millions of people who cannot physically or mentally work are not going to be able to get paid anymore. Of yeah. course he doesn't. I think that that's definitely going to torpedo. I mean, as well that as well, there's a lot of people who rely on that in Florida. 
as well. Oh, yeah. So uh, trust me. I mean, like, you know, I, as somebody who used to live in Florida, we kind of have this unofficial slogan, Florida, where old people go to die. So there's a lot of people who are retired and are living in Florida. So you're trying to tell me that if Trump gets reelected in 2020, most of the people who live in Florida, you know, for the elderly people, their money is going to be gone. Yeah. And so that's the state that Trump needs to win or else it's over. Pretty you much. know what, Florida, if you're listening to this and, and you know, as somebody who's a former Floridian myself and somebody who knows the importance of social security, do not vote for Trump if this <laughs> is going to happen because, yeah. you know, kiss your, you know, kiss your uh, villa at the, the beach or kiss your nice little penthouse apartment. Goodbye. I know, it's over that as well. You know, like you're paying more in medical bills because, you know, you have to uh, obviously pay more for, for medicine. You have to pay more for uh, your treatment. Whilst you're out there, there you too. So, That's like, right. you know, this is the thing. Like, I, I'm interested to see how, because the polls narrowed a little bit for uh, for Trump. So he's at 45, and now he's at 49 uh, for Biden at the moment. So Biden's three to four points ahead. At best, he's five, according to CNN. But, uh, I mean, like, I'm interested to see, after that announcement now, look, keep an eye on Florida's polls and see what they do next. And if they decide to, if they spike for Biden, I guarantee you Donald Trump's going to have to do something. Like, you know, that's a, I would say that's another punch to the jaw and he's back on the floor. You know, like, yeah, uh, it's yeah. not to say that he's already he's not stumbling around already, you know, in regards to... If we, if we had to use boxing analogies, I would definitely say that uh, Donald Trump has, like, he's been knocked to the floor a number of times and he keeps getting back up and no one wants to throw in the towel because it's, everyone just keeps thinking he's going to box his way out of this. And he's just not. Like, it's, uh, it's pretty miserable at this point when you look at it. But, uh, yeah. So, well, anyway, we kind of strayed away a little bit from our... Uh, our schedule, so uh, let's just keep going with uh, what's going on. So, I mean, I've said that now, Florida basically is going to be the state to win, I think, in the election. But, uh, and also Trump has uh, not been taken well to the news that uh, Nevada now is going to be doing all voter mail-in ballots. Mm -hmm. So, that's why I think I gave Nevada now to Biden, because I, I don't see Nevada now at this point. Um, you know, I don't, I don't see how Trump can come back in Nevada. I don't, I don't either. I don't either. I mean, uh, yeah. Unless, of course, if the numbers switch so far into, you know, somewhere that we don't even know of, then, yeah, I, I mean, it's, that's not going to happen. Yeah. So um, there's that. Um, so Trump is going to also admit on live television that he's going to uh, terminate Social Security and Medicare, as we said already before. So, so, that. so um, let's go back on to this bit of news. Um, Do you see what Eric Trump tweeted over the last couple of days? No, I have not. What's going on? Okay, so um, he tweeted um, a bit of stand-up from Robin Williams' uh, um, uh, performances, and it was the bit where he was uh, making fun of Joe Biden. Now uh, he kind of like, repeats himself, and uh, I don't know if you've ever seen that sketch. That I he, have not. That he did. Okay, well, he, Eric Trump retweeted that, and uh, thinking that this was going to be a jab at Joe Biden because he was using the late Robin Williams' uh, stand-up uh, where he was making fun of Joe Biden at the time. Um, enter Zelda Williams. Oh, <laughs> and uh, she she <laughs> she basically tweeted at uh, Eric Trump that uh, apparently Robin Williams has been more savage with Donald Trump than he has been with Joe Biden. Oh my God! Now I couldn't find any like any clips to kind of like back that up, but uh, I mean it's Zelda, you know, like uh, it, she's been there, you know, for 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 Robin, you know, during good and bad, and so like I can probably imagine that he's probably had some at least some private views on how bad Donald Trump is. You know, oh, absolutely, and, yeah. And Zelda's made no secret of that. No, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, I've got to say to Eric Trump, you know, just be careful who you tweet about. You know, like, uh, <laughs> I, I could probably imagine Zelda feels pretty sick that that happened. 
I probably imagine. So. Oh, I, oh, yeah, sure. For, I mean, just for sure, because, you know, I mean, it's somebody who's like, you know, trying to, you know, pass off like some really bad joke and, and, and involved with her father. And, and even worse than it was, you know, a few weeks ago, it was his birthday. So the fact that, you know, this, per, you know, Eric has absolutely no um, compassion or even sympathy for the late Robin Williams posting up some dumb joke about Joe Biden. And then Zelda had to step along and say, hey, you know, um, you shouldn't be doing that because my dad would do a whole bunch of jokes about your father than with Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, like in regards to the Trump kids, I mean, like he is the dumb one out of a lot of them. So I think, I mean, like, because uh, Ivanka's the fake one. Um, Don Jr. is like the de the needy one. Like, uh, he he's always like pleading for his, fa his father's affections. He, he did an interview one time when he was like, he was just kind of praising him over the top of the hill. And he Donald Trump was basically just kind of sitting there like, yeah. You know, like, uh, so, oh yeah. So Don Jr. is the suck up. And uh, I'm not even going to touch Baron because, you know, uh, how old is Baron Trump, by the way? Like, I mean, uh, isn't he like around middle school now? Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, here's the thing about this. I don't make fun of people's kids. Like, you know, it's, uh, I, I just think that's a, a line you don't cross. I mean, you just gonna... did. What? Sorry? I mean, I mean, I mean, we were mentioning about his other children, but I mean, Baron no, is no, like. No, but, oh, yeah, Baron, I didn't mention. You know, like I said, Ivanka's the, uh, the you know the uh, the fake one, and I said that uh, Don Junior's the, uh, uh, the the you know the needy one. You know, the uh, the the guy who sucks up to his dad. Sure, sure. Yeah, but, but they're, they're uh, all adults. Not, you know, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, that, that's so, you know, true. They game. are, and and Baron's like what, thirteen or fourteen? Yeah, or leave, leave Baron, leave leave Baron out of this. Like you know, like uh, it's not his fault. He doesn't, you know, it's. Uh, you know, he's in the middle of all of this. Like, yeah, it's I mean, all that as well. I, I'm interested to see what, you know, here's the thing about Baron. Like, uh, I'm interested to see when he's, like, you know, 10 years down the line, what he actually thinks about the whole situation. That's a good, that's a good point because um, I know that, uh, you know, with other, um, you know, children with the White House or with any political power, they either tend to be one of two people. They either want absolutely nothing to do with it or they praise it. Mm -hmm. There's no in between. There's yeah. no like, oh, I'm, I'm indifferent. Absolutely not. When it comes to like, you know, how your decisions affect an entire nation. Mm hmm. Um, so, yeah, there was that. And uh, then finally, in our election news, uh, Kanye West has been removed from the Illinois presidential ballot. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, but around about 2,000 of his uh, signatures apparently were invalid. So he can't stand oh, on the ballot. Oh, really? Oh, wow. You know, Who would have guessed? If that's the case, like, you know, they should really reopen every single, like, state that he's applied to basically be in the election for. Because who, who else knows that? So, you know, the other ones might be fake, too. You know, oh, yeah, like, absolutely. And, and here's the thing. That, I mean, I even know some people who are, like, unironically going to vote for Kanye. Like, Nick Cannon says he wants to vote for Kanye West because, quote, and I and this is from Nick, from Nick Cannon himself, we need to see another black president. Okay, so well, what state is he in? What, uh, Nick Cannon? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think he's from L.A., right? He's in California. Oh, well, he's negligible then. Like, you know, California's always been blue. So, yeah, like, of I mean, of course he'll vote for Kanye. He can afford to do it because everyone else will vote for uh, will, will vote for Biden. You know, it's it's a blue sure. state. So, like, you know, his his uh, contribution to uh, Kanye's campaign is going to be negligible compared to to that. Like, I mean, we're talking about the swing states here. I mean, like, if a lot of people in in uh, in Florida voted for Kanye, I mean, obviously that will put Biden into a bit of a bit of trouble. And uh, I mean, obviously, if it happened in like in other swing states as well, I mean, obviously, will be uh, you know be another Jill Stein situation with uh, you know when uh, people voted in Ohio, in Ohio and uh, you know cost uh, you know Hillary like two thousand votes or something like that. You know, something really stupid like that. But um, you know, if we end up with that type of situation, but. Keep 
keep this in mind, like, you know, Kanye West at the minute is only polling about 2% of the, of the electoral vote across the country. Mm-hmm. So and that's in the, in the margin of error. So, you know, it could even be less than that. Right. So, like, as far as I'm aware, you know, Kanye West is a is a is a novelty. But as far as I'm concerned, he's uh, I mean, he's not even going to be. Uh, I'm really glad he's actually not going to be in the debates. I'll definitely tell you that. Like, he's not polling fifteen percent or anything like that. He's not a serious competitor in all of this, as far as I'm concerned. So, I mean, uh, as far as I'll go in regards to Kanye West, I mean, um, we'll mention him because obviously he comes under our. Uh, entertainment bracket, if you will, of our of our of our programming. But as far as we're concerned, he's not a serious contender for president, and uh, he's not even on the ballot for all the uh, um, the, um, the the presidential elections come November. On top of that, as well, like he even campaigned in North Carolina, and he's not even he can't even write in a, uh, a he's not he's he's not on the ballot, and he can't even do a write in for North Carolina. So why the hell did he campaign there? I, I don't, I guess maybe he thought that, oh, you know, other presidents are campaigning to these states and, you know, they're saying about what's important to the cause of the country. So maybe he assumed that maybe, you know, he gets the same rights and privileges as other uh, presidential uh, candidates. Oh, do you remember when he's, uh, he made that comment about, you know, oh, uh, you know, the, they didn't free the slaves that, you know, they just gave them to all the white people and the, and the girl who was oh, filming it. Just, uh, you know, oh. and, the girl, and the girl who basically just uh, put, put her phone down and said, okay, we're done. And like, uh, you know, they only just turned up just to kind of like gaze at him, if anything, like I think like a lot of other people did. Oh my goodness. So uh, as far as we're concerned, you know, that's, uh, yeah, I, I don't think Kanye is just going to be a, non- a non-factor in this whole election. He'll just be a novelty like uh, various other people. Yeah, that that, that statement about the whole, you know, the the, the black people thing and the, the Harriet Tubman thing, that just really pissed me off. Yeah, it did. So, I mean, like, mind you, like, I mean, I, I, here's the thing about this. Like, I can understand somewhat the point he was making. It was like saying, oh, well, you know, they've come off the plantations, but now they're working like, you know, minimum wage, like, you know, for like all these really, uh, you know, uh, all these like multi-billionaires and stuff like that. And uh, so that I think that was the point he he was trying to get across but okay he- i can understand okay i can understand that you know it's like you know you go from slavery to working um you know at the plantations during the reformation era you know being a sharecropper to you know uh, you know for some people they uh, you know unfortunately you know due to whether they don't have enough money for a good education or living in a good area then yeah then they have to work minimum wage i get that but he seems to forget that there are also other people who worked really hard to get themselves out of a bad neighborhood so that they can become doctors, they can become yeah, lawyers. Yeah, but that's uh, that's uh, that's still in, even in today's America, still like you know, it's uh, it's it's not everybody. I mean, like I know, uh, it, yeah. I know it's not. And, yeah. and it's the but same here's the thing about this. I mean, the, the point I was trying to make is like you know, forget the whole sl- the, the slavery stuff that Kanye West came out with was complete bullshit. Really, like you know, he, he you know, it's, uh, the point just kind of fell on deaf ears and just upset everybody. And you know, the the, the point I want to make is is that uh, you know what Kanye West, Kanye West is a classic example of why. You have a speech writer. Why you have somebody sit down with your ideas and write you out a speech, and then you present your 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 ideas over to people, and it goes through some kind of filter. Every other presidential candidate has had that. Yeah, you know, he's just like it's a, it was a it was a dumb move for Kanye to uh, leave him alone and open his damn mouth. Yeah, now nobody's gonna take him seriously. Well, yeah, thank God. You know, like, uh, like uh, he's basically, he's basically, you know, he was, he was, he was buddies with Trump, you know, a couple of months ago. What, you know, what happened? You know, yeah, like, it, it, something must have happened behind the scenes that we don't know of. If he, you know, went from being buddies with Trump, walking around in public saying, make America great again. And, you know, basically, you know, um, uh, you know, when, uh, what was it? Was it with Kanye being in trouble? And then he went over to Trump uh, towers to hide himself or something. I have no idea. 
But I, I mean, it's, it's, but all, it's, I mean all, it's it, all forgotten history at this point, really. Yeah, exactly. So. Now he absolutely not, wants nothing to do with him, and now he wants to run against him. It's like, what happened? Mm -hmm. that, that's the story I want to know. Yeah. So, um, at this point, I mean, like, uh, nothing's really changed this week. I mean, uh, at the minute, Trump is still down, but not out. And uh, Biden is still running high. And uh, here's the thing about, mind you, there is two other things that are kind of like, I've picked up from this week, which uh, kind of concern me a little bit. Do you get the notion that uh, neither the Democrats or the Republicans are going to accept the results of the election? I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, our country has become so divided that... I don't think anybody's going to be satisfied with who's going to win. I mean, you know, obviously the Republicans are not going to be happy if Biden wins, and the Democrats are definitely not going to be happy when Trump wins. Which is and a then, really horrible situation to be in, because, like, uh, the, you know, uh, I mean, someone here has to concede, and there has to be peaceful transition to power, I mean, in regards to this. I mean, like, uh, um, I mean, I know Donald Trump is going to say, oh, you know, hopefully the thing that comes out, for at least if... Uh, Trump loses that. Oh, it's a job position I didn't want anyway. I've got better things to do. Goodbye. I'll fly off my helicopter and Joe Biden will just walk into the White House. I mean, that, that's the best case scenario, I think, in regards to that. But in regards to Biden, if he loses, and uh, despite the fact that he's been riding high in the polls, I mean, there's going to be a lot of progressives, I think, and a lot of people on the left who are going to kick up a fuss over it because they're going to sit around and say, oh, well, you know, like, uh, and some of that, if, if something happens with mail in ballots as well, oh, good grief. You know, because uh, we know there's been some um, news about, you know, at least some theories going around about apparently the Postmaster General wants to interfere with the U.S. Postal Service in right. regards to that. So, I mean, um, in regards to that, I mean, if something if something screwy happens with mail-in voting and Trump wins the election, the, you know, the, this, this could turn into a pretty horrible situation. You know, I yeah, don't even want to kind of think about it, really. But uh, so there's that bit of it. But uh, at the same time, um, I mean, I'm still a bit concerned that, you know, uh, can, can you really I just don't see it being a, a, a strategy for uh, Joe Biden to bore his weight into the White House. You know, like he just like he have you noticed that people spend more time um, being more critis critical of Trump than they do being pra of praise of Biden? In this election. I mean, it's like it's like what I said before many times over the past few months about Michael Moore's discussion about the election. You know, the fact that uh, people, uh, you know, there's people out there that love Trump but hate Joe Biden, but they don't love Joe Biden, but they passionately hate Trump. So this election is going to be more geared towards hate than love, because it's like if if Joe Biden wins. It's like, oh, we have to tolerate him for the next four years. But if Trump wins, then it's going to be just a massive, you know, um, it's just going to be massively fill, filled with frustration and anger because it's like we were duped into voting for this guy for the second time. So it's like nobody's going to be happy. It's like, uh, oh, you know, you know, this person is going to be coming in and he's going to be talking about, you know, making our country for the better with education and, and um, you know, Medicare and, uh, you know, uh, helping the poor and helping the environment. And, and it's like it's like ripping a Band-Aid off of a gaping wound that is filled with pus and blood. It's like we just yeah. want to rip it, but it's not going to be over with. It's just something that we have to rip off, and that pain is still going to be around, and it's going to be pulsating for the next four years. Mm -hmm. Anyway, moving away from that, we're going to move into our entertainment section. And uh, by the way, before, actually, before we start that, I just wanted to mention something actually at the beginning of the show. Um, I finally got my uh, satellite dish working again. So, uh, oh, cool. yeah, so I managed to uh, start watching normal TV again, and uh, and I started watching, uh, I, I celebrated by watching a marathon of Murder, She Wrote. 
with Angela Lansbury. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, you know, I just thought about that. Like, you know, I, you know, um, uh, Jessica Fletcher must have lived a pretty. You know, when you really think about it, like she was just, like this delightful author who, like, you know, wrote about like mysteries and stuff like that. But when you really think about it, she led a pretty miserable life. When you think mm-hmm. about it, because she couldn't go anywhere without someone being murdered. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's kind of like you know. Imagine if you that was your life. Like you know, you you wanted to go on holiday, but yeah, someone dropped dead, and then you have to like uh-huh. you know spend all your time trying to solve what happened. Yeah, yeah, it's like you're trying to enjoy you know maybe a uh, a nice cup of tea with a group of friends, and it's like oh uh, this happened. It's like oh damn it. I'll see you later, Becky. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, maybe it's all a conspiracy, and uh, you know Jessica Fletcher murdered all those people, and she's actually a serial killer. What, you think she's just doing this because she needs to actually get a jolt of her boring life? <laughs> I have no idea. But it's, like, it's, like, it's like, she, you know, she, she has dementia and she goes around and she does all these things behind other people's backs. And then she wakes up the next day, forgets about it. And then there's a newspaper that she reads saying this is actually happening. Well, I was like, thinking I more of the fact that she murdered these people and she basically she just put, made, made all these mysteries to kind of like, you know, cover up her tracks. And blamed other people for it. Oh my god, no. <laughs> uh, but anyway, moving away from that. Um, let's move on to some more delightful TV shows. Animaniacs, uh, we finally got a Hulu premiere date. Yes, about time too, because we've been waiting for a long time for this. Yeah, and so, so um, also the uh, the platform is interesting because uh, Hulu also has home to other adult-themed cartoons. So, I yes. mean, is that direction we're kind of going in with uh, Animaniacs? So we're going to get it more zany than we actually have got zanier before with the previous it, show? I, it's actually interesting because... You know, you're absolutely right that you know uh, this. Uh, you know, Hulu is the home to various adult cartoons like Rick and Morty and Bob's Burgers. But yeah, I, I mean, like the way that the, the people are going to be talking about this, maybe they're going to go into like how Nickelodeon, when they revived Rocko's Modern Life and Invader Zim, they geared it towards the people who grew up with it, as opposed to a new audience. So maybe that's going to be the case. Maybe it's going to be a case in which like. We're going to see Yakko, Wacko, and Dot making fun of the current pop cultures, like, you know, making fun of um, Donald Trump and making fun of um, a whole bunch of, uh, you know, um, media and entertainment that we have today. So, it, I mean, it makes me wonder about, like, oh, you know, what, what's going to, what, what are they going to be making fun of? What's Pinky in the Brain going to do to take over the world? Um you know, all that kind Mind of stuff. You, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to be pretty careful with because like this is a release date of November twentieth. So like uh, that's like a couple of days after the election. So. Yeah, that's true. I mean it's not like South Park in which, you know, they animate their stuff in like three days and they come up with a story in like a uh, maybe like a week or so. Uh, you remember the the twenty sixteen election in which like they were sure that Hillary Clinton was going to win and they already got the episode ready. But then when Donald Trump won, they were like, Oh man, we need to like do an episode really quickly and then and then they had to take like a, an additional two or three days to like you know, write and animate the episode. So I don't know. I mean, I don't think that they're going to do South Park's case because, you know, South Park relies heavily on, you know, quick writing and with quick, um, you know, uh, animation because, you know, everything is already pre-made and they just put everything together. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think think the next time, I think uh, if uh, South Park, when is South Park back on the air? Um, when, I don't know, actually. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, I haven't really seen the newer season, so I, I can't tell you. Yeah. Maybe they're going to wait until after the election and then they can be sure about what's going to happen. Sure. So, uh... Yeah, sure. But, uh, you know, it's actually funny that, um, you know, out of all the, you know, I mean, like, 
I've known about the fact that Animaniacs was going to be revived for years. I, I, I've heard about that uh, for about maybe five, four or five years ago when oh, they yeah, were. Oh yeah, you, you and I both have been known it for a while. So like, uh, yes, said- yes. but I'm just curious about like out of all the shows from the Warner Brothers lineup, uh, like Tiny Toons, Freakazoid. Pinky in the Brain, Animaniacs is the one that's coming back. And I just kind of find that interesting. I guess I can understand why, because, well, you know... Well, here's the thing about this. Animaniacs wasn't just about Yakko, Wacko, and Dot. I mean, they had various other, uh, you know, characters they could play with there as well. So it looks like, to me, they probably got various other ideas, and uh, they can also swap and change out skits. So, like, uh, I mean, it's uh, also on top of that as well. They're probably bringing some new people, too. So, yeah, uh, but here's the thing. Like, when was the last time that we've actually had, like, an animated variety show? Um, well... Um, that's a good question, actually. So, um, I mean, I can't actually. I mean, I'm sure someone in uh, who's listening to the show is going to you know, point out loads of them. But uh, I mean, like, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, this is probably going to be the comeback of like the animated, uh, you know, sketch show. Uh, yeah, much. because I mean, here's the thing. Like, um, I think I remember listening to um, an episode of uh, Pizza Party podcast from Rebel Taxi and his group of uh, co-hosts. When they were asking a, a similar question about like the animated variety shows like Space Ghost, Coast to Coast, and Kablam, that these kind of things are pretty much dead. Like we don't see anything like this anymore. They, you know, they were talking about like you know the format is pretty much outdated, and you know something like this would be exclusively to like YouTube or any online property. Well, I mean, Saturday, a- Saturday Night Live still going, so like that's a, that's a, a comedy sketch I show. Mean- that's true, but that's more like geared towards adults, and uh, you know they always have like a distinct, you know, group of people and all that kind of stuff. But I'm talking about like the animated stuff that we grew up with in in the '90s, like yeah. But mind you, I, I think I think I think here's the thing about this though. I think it's a good time for it to come back. I think you know, like I think, uh, you know, I think that out of all the the Warner Brothers cartoons that they could have brought back, like either Tiny Toons or Pinky and the Brain or Freakazoid or anything like that, I think that they did make the right decision because Animaniacs has such a well of so many creative things that they could do. Like they were the ones who set the standard for creating fast-talking, snippy dialogue with innuendos that go over your head, yet at the same time being really educational. So I would be so interested about seeing, you know, what they could do in today's age, like making fun of the Marvel Cinematic Universe or poking, you know, jokes at Donald Trump or anything like that. Oh, if they bring back Rita and Runt, which, you know, they've always done like huge musicals and that kind of stuff. They even did a Les Miserables jo- um, jo- uh, episode. I would love to see their take on cats. Yeah, I'm well, talking about well, well, from what we know is uh, picking the brain is definitely confirmed. So, like, uh, we. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, of course it is. I mean, the, out of um, you know, besides you know, Yakko, Wacko, and Dodd, I mean, Pinky and the Brain is like their most popular one. Hmm. So, but anyway, um, we'll look forward to that and uh, see what they bring to the table. I mean, like, uh, uh, here's the thing about this though: I still think it's not going to be like overly political because obviously, you know, with uh, the timing, I think is wrong. I think uh, I think that's I think that's the big problem. The thing going against it, at least. I mean, to be fair, they were never really hugely political to begin with. I mean, sure, they did make that joke well, about building. Building the socks, yeah. I mean, like uh, there was there was that, but uh, I mean, I'm sure they played some other uh, you know things into it as well. So like. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, like they were making you know the jokes about like you know Monica Lewinsky and then Hillary Clinton, I think, in a few episodes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm, which you know pretty much every single sketch comedy show from the '90s pretty much did like In Living Color, Mad TV and uh saturday night live so it's not too surprising so um yeah but there were not i mean when you think of you know animaniacs you don't think of their political jokes yeah anyway um so animaniacs november 20th uh, we will look forward to it and uh, see what we think of it so uh, cool 
Anyway, uh, moving on to our next thing. Um, Seth Rogen is going to bring out Ninja Turtles, which is still something oh I'm... Oh my god, that's going to be so interesting. Yeah, like, uh, as far as I'm concerned, like, uh, I've yet to be kind of um, convinced that, uh, you know, um, I mean, Seth Rogen doing Ninja Turtles, I mean, like, uh, what direction he's going to take it in, um, I'm really interested to see. But, uh, I mean, uh, from what we understand, it's going to be embracing being a teenager. So I guess uh, they are going to be um, a younger version of uh, what we've been uh, been tailored to over the last couple of decades. As long as they don't go the Teen Titans Go route, then I'm fine. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, they've sort of kind of done that already anyway. So, like, I mean... I guess, be... so, I guess some people have made the argument that Rise of the, the Ninja Turtles is kind of like what it would be like if t Ninja Turtles combined with Teen Titans Go. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you know, just uh, whatever Seth Rogen wants to do, uh, I mean, we've had various variations of it already. I mean, even to the point where it's like uh, there's even been like crossover episodes making fun of the fact that there's so many variations of the Turtles. So, like, uh, whatever Seth Rogen wants to bring into here and, I mean, like, whether he's going to make it more stylish towards uh, the comic book or not, or whether he's going to do something uh, a bit more different from that, I mean, like, uh, I'm all ears at this point. So uh, yeah, I mean, like, there's been so many incarnations of the turtles. I mean, we had the funnier side with the '80s. We had the more darker, serious side with the 2000s. We had somewhere kind of like in the middle as a huge love letter in the 2012 version. We had them as adults. Um, we had them like with you know with over the top personalities and rise. So yeah, I mean, like the possibilities are endless. I mean, they've traveled through time. They've been in space. They've been in different dimensions. So. Hmm. I mean, I'm interested. Do we ever have a version where they decided to activate a printer? Oh, okay, <laughs> we can, that's not. <laughs> we can hear the printer in the background. So, uh, so anyway, so um, well, yeah, like uh, so. I mean, we've we not got much information on it as at this point. So, as far as we're concerned, you know, we'll just wait for more information to come out, and uh, we'll let you know what we all think about it again. So. No, I mean, I'm actually curious because you know, in addition to like you know somebody like Seth Rogen creating. Um, Ninja Turtles are uh, bringing it back. Kevin Smith is doing the same thing with He-Man. So it's like you have these, you know, guys who are coming on by saying we're going to revitalize these 80s properties. It's like, you know, I'm just curious. Well, here's the thing about this. I mean, what's, what's been, I mean, here's the thing about this. Uh, He-Man is an 80s property, but I would say TMNT has been timeless. I mean, like, uh, Michael Bay's done versions of it. Uh, I mean, like, uh, there's been various cartoon series about it as well. Like, uh, it's also come back in comic book form in a couple of times as well. So, I mean, like, uh, TMNT, I don't think is strictly, I would call it, 80 properties anymore because there's a lot of generations of kids who have grown up with it. Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, when, whenever people think about He-Man, they think about either the 80s version or the 2000s version on Cartoon Network that only lasted for two seasons. All the Skeletor I mean, memes on, on, on Twitter. Oh, so. <laughs> Shame on you. Yeah. Anyway, so, but I think, I think because She-Ra was such a huge success on Netflix, they're like saying, you know, you know, She-Ra was always the spinoff of He-Man. Why don't we bring back He-Man for a new generation? And who out of all people than Kevin Smith? You know what? I was about to just mention that. I think uh, that, that to me, uh, He-Man seems to be the fact that they're going to take him back into the into uh, into modern times. I think She-Ra was the driving force behind that. Oh yeah, for sure. Like Shira was in a completely different direction that was opposed to the uh, the original '80s version, where it was just basically, you know, He Man, but with a woman, and yeah. that was it. It's like, oh, um, you know, we have the main th uh, villain instead of Skeletor. It's this uh, what was it Hoarder or something like that, and it's 
And instead of, um, you know, uh, Internia, it's this location, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but, uh, you know, uh, She-Ra's been a success, and so I don't blame anybody to say, oh, hey, we're going to do this with He-Man, and we're going to see how far it goes. So, uh, yeah. Uh, um, moving yeah. on, uh, another revival we're going to talk about now is Ren and Stimpy, which came completely out of nowhere for all of us. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I have so much to say about this, but I'll let you go first. Okay, so here's the thing about this. like, uh, It's coming out on Comedy Central, which I think um, means that maybe we're going to get like another variation of Adult Party cartoon. I think of this because... Like, yes, comedy... because here's the thing. They're bringing back Daria, Mission Hill, and Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, well, mind you, Daria wasn't as you know crazy as Adult Party cartoon. You know, like, but it was, but it was still an adult cartoon. It was, yeah. So I mean, he's got that going for it. But in regards to like, I mean, I mean, Dario was also dealing with teenage issues as well. Like, you know, Ren and Stimpy just you know goes out, goes full adult. You know, like in regards to that, like, it doesn't hide away from like how you know adult it can be. So I mean, obviously, we're gonna get that variation. I think of the show. Uh, no doubt about that. And uh, also, I mean, like, uh, we'll, we'll just have to see how far they go with... Uh, I mean, if he's going to be out there for gross-out humor and has no intelligence behind it, I mean, like, Ren and Simpy's not going to last very long. I don't. We already had a dull party cartoon that pretty much showed us that it will never work again. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, um, who knows what they're going to do with Ren and Stimpy in regards to a Comedy Central. The fact that it's not on Nickelodeon, I think, shows that they're not going to be bringing it back for the 6 to 11 demographic. I mean, it's, uh, I, it's purely going to be for the nerds, I think, who grew up with Nickelodeon previously. I think. Well, here's the thing that I want to ask you, because... I mean, now we know that, you know, Bob... Uh, you know, John Kay is no longer going to be a part of this. So it's like... Who's going to be the showrunner? Um, I'm, I'm sure they'll find somebody. Like, uh, I mean, who they're going to find, I, I don't know at this point, but uh, um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see see where they go with it. But uh, yeah, it just it's, it's just I want to I want to bring up because six years ago I was brought into a podcast where somebody asked me this very same question, um, and they said, "What would it be? Uh, you know, would you like to see this come back, or do you think it will ever come back?" And I said, "No." I basically talked about the book Sick Little Monkeys, um, where uh, it was written by Thad Komorowski, and I, it was somebody who I interviewed at the time on my blog, and uh, he wrote a book about the oral history of the show. And he basically wrote down this in-depth review, uh, you, know, um, you know, retrospective of the show with all the people who were involved with it, everybody from animators to writers to producers, everybody. So they were talking about how, you know, basically like the lightning was struck when, you know, everything was lined, like pr pretty much lined up with, you know, John K being the writer and, you know, Bob Camp being like the co-writer and the producer and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, basically, you know, everything was just everything just clicked in those first two seasons. But then when he left because, well, well technically he was fired. So when John K was fired because, you know, he wasn't able to. Um, you know, release the episodes on time because, you know, they pre pretty much took a long time to do it because he was such a perfectionist. Then we had the games animation era where the episodes, they were some good ones, but it was nowhere near as good as the Spumco era. And then until Party Cartoon happened and everybody was excited with it at the time, it's like, oh, you know, John Kay is going to be back and he's going to be doing the shows that, you know, was banned or that, you know, never came out. And then it turned out to be a just a mess. And, you know, basically it's like, okay, and then the, let's be honest, I mean, nobody knew that this was going to happen in a million years because of the allegations. I'm sure you were, everybody knows this at this point. You go look it up. We don't have to say what it is. But yeah, but we were told, like, in regards to, like, uh, his involvement in all of this, he's not going to get any financial rewards from it. So, like, oh. uh, 
Okay, so it's good that he's not getting any financial rewards for it, but I do know hundreds of people on Twitter and on various other websites saying they will not support this show because, it, you know, original show was created by John Kay, who was a pedophile. So, I mean, it's kind of like, uh, you know, it, it's, it gets kind of complicated because we know that John Kay has nothing to do with this anymore. But let's be honest, the show has been tainted. Well, his, so, Chris Savino also got in a load of trouble for stuff as well, but the Loud House is still in the air. And, the Cras- exactly. and, then, and then, they, then came the Casa Grandes. So, like, I mean, I mean, who cares about John Kay at this point? I mean, like... Uh, I know, I know. I, exactly. You know, I, I'm, I'm always one of those people who, you know, it, unless it's, like, really severe, I always separate the art from the artist. I can appreciate the art because I know for a cartoon or a, for a TV show or for a movie that, yes, there is going to be that one person whose name is going to be top build, but there are hundreds of other people who are involved with it who are not jacked. Asses. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And like, I mean, here's the thing about this, and uh, you know, I know I praise Craig Barlett a lot on this show, and uh, rightly so, because obviously we have the uh, no doubt we get, I'll be trying to get you more information if we're going to have another Hey Arnold anniversary show this year. But uh, I mean, in regards to like uh, the show, I mean, like it's more than just about the creator as well. It's like all the people who come together to make it all happen. At the end of the yeah, day, yeah, exactly. I mean, whenever I mean, like people are so fed up with Butch Hartman's bullshit, but you have to remember. <laughs> That, you know, it's, it wasn't Butch Hartman that, I mean, sure, you know, the animation and all that kind of stuff, but Steve Marmel, Steve Marmel was a major contribution on why you love the Fairly Odd Parents and Danny Phantom. He was a major writer in the first, you know, six seasons of the show. He was a major contributor to the two seasons of Danny Phantom right before he left. And then, you know, shows like Tough Puppy and, you know, um, Welcome to the Wayne or, or, you know, that other show that, um, you know, he was involved in. No, it wasn't Welcome to the Wayne. It was uh, it was something else. But, yeah, that, that I mean, like, basically the shows that came, the Nickelodeon shows that came out after Steve Marmel left became, well, nowhere near as good. So, um, I mean, let's take a look at, you know, with Hey Arnold again. I mean, sure, a lot of people praise Craig Bartlett, but what about Steve Vixen? What about Joseph Purdy? What about Rachel Lipman? What about Tuck Tucker? You know, a lot of people who worked on those shows were really, you know, heavily influenced. And then, you know, going into Ren and Simpy again, yes, I know about John K, but what about Bob Camp? What about William Ray? What about Kelly Armstrong? What about, uh, um, you know, uh, Chris Ricard, uh, you know, Chris Ricardi and, Rick, and uh, Lynn Naylor, you know, all those people that were hugely contra- you know, contributors to how Ren and Stimpy became. So, yes, I know that a lot of people are not going to see this show because, you know, it has, do- you know, a lot of people associate Ren and Stimpy with John Kay. But, you know, John Kay is not going to be involved in this. And, um, yeah, so as far as I'm concerned, like it's not worth discussion. So like, uh, I mean, uh, yeah. he's he's not in it, he's not getting financially from it. So and uh, we don't even know what what even is going to happen yet. They just kind of just announced it, you know. So yeah, like we don't even know what the direction is going to be. I mean, we know that it's going to be on Comedy Central alongside with the other revived adult cartoons. So it's like they know that Ren and Simpy adult party cartoon was a massive failure. So I don't think they're going to try that again. Where they're going to well then you know, why put it why put it on Comedy Central then? Like I mean, like why not just well, put it on Nickelodeon? Here's the reason why, and you and we already discussed about this. You remember that Viacom and on, um, you know, uh, you know, CBS they merged. And in addition to that, they know that Rocco's Modern Life, Static Cling, and Invaders Zim Enter the Florpus flourished on Netflix because those were leaning towards the people who grew up with it. They know that the younger kids are not going to watch Ren and Stimpy. So why? why well, then put why it not on- put it on Netflix then? That. 
That is a good question. That is a show that should be on Netflix because they have a Netflix deal. I mean, that they, they put um, glitch text in there. They put Pinky Malinky in there. So why not put the Ren and Stimpy cartoon in there? Exactly, yeah. So, I mean, like, if they, surely this Ren and Stimpy variation is going to have some adult themes. It's on the same platform as South Park. Exactly. I mean, I, I, I maybe maybe they will at some point, but because that you know Viacom is working heavily on reviving these old adult cartoons, it's like, hey, you know, Ren and Stimpy adult party cartoon. Um, you know, that show is you know was watched by adults and for the people who grew up with it in the '90s. So let's put that on a platform that is geared towards adults. Yeah. So I mean, like, uh, I mean, again, we we don't know what's going to happen with Ren and Stimpy at this point, but uh, let's just wait and see. Yeah, I, I, I just hope that whoever is the showrunner of this, whether it be, I, I hope it's Bob Camp, because, you know, Bob Camp is the only suitable person that I can think of. Well, I don't know, like, I mean, it really depends what Comedy Central wants at the end of the day. Like, you know, they, well, uh, they, they want a safe pair of hands, you know, so, like, whoever that's going to be, I mean, like, I don't I mean, know. Who better safe than the co-creator of Ren and Stimpy itself? Yeah, who knows at this point, like, uh, it's, uh, yeah, but, uh, I mean, we don't know, that's the thing. So, uh, as long as uh, as long as it's not Ren and Stimpy by Michael Bay, I think I'll be okay. Okay, that's fine. Cool. Um, anyway, moving on because uh, we're moving into the nearly moving to our hour, and uh, uh, Dwayne Johnson has now bought the XFL for fifteen million dollars and uh, with help with Redbird Capital. I don't. Okay, now you have to explain more of this because I don't even know what that is. Okay, so XFL was going to be the competitive league for the NFL, and so they basically had. Uh, it was going to basically be more an aggressive version of the National Football uh, Football so, uh, National Football League, and so it was run by Vince McMahon, who obviously we know owns the WWE, and so uh, he was looking to basically do something which was a bit more radical with. Uh, uh, with the uh, with the with the XFL, so as you well be imagined, you know the cheerleading outfits were a bit more skimpy. Um, there was uh, a lot more aggressiveness in the game, so a lot more, a lot of people got injured <laughs> yeah, playing that football game. Football. They actually did a they did this thing where they had football players fumble for the ball, and like they didn't like it, so they would decide who was going to basically going to get kick off the play. And so a lot, uh, you know, people got injured doing that. You know, as part of the rules, whether they're going to bring that back in the. Uh, the next version of um, uh, the XFL with Dwayne Johnson, I have no idea of what they're going to do in that regard. But, uh, I mean, in regards to, like, here's the thing about this. It was both somewhat a success and then also it was a massive flop. So um, it appeared on NBC because they were looking for something to replace the basketball season and uh, they didn't want to pay the money for the NFL. So what did they do? They bought the XFL programming and they lost uh, millions of dollars out of it. And on top of that as well, they angered the executives of, X of uh, Saturday, Night Saturday Night Live because at one point they delayed uh, a football game to go into overtime and the latest episode of Saturday Night Live didn't appear on TV until like 12 midnight. So way after primetime. Wow. So, you already imagine, it had a pretty uh, awful upbringing and also had a really gruesome death. And also, apparently, the million-dollar game that uh, they had at the very end of the season for, like, you know, the, uh, the competing sides didn't do too well either. So, like... Okay. Uh, so, essentially, what I, I'm understanding is that it's a much more aggressive form of football with, I mean, with wrestling. Well, no, not with wrestling. I mean, the wrestlers did turn up in it, but they weren't actually, like, you know, like, uh, actual wrestling. Actually, going on in the in the uh, yeah, that's that's. I really hate having this conversation. I got to be honest with everybody. Like you know, oh, because it has WWE involved, it has some kind of like involvement in wrestling. No, <laughs> for once the XFL actually was its own thing. We had no wrestling in it except for you know just superstar appearances, and that was about it. 
Okay. Know? So, like, so, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, apparently this was around. So, basically, almost 20 years later, they decided to, like, revise this because, you know, Dwayne Johnson and a few others had yeah. bought it for a million dollars. The, the rumor goes that uh, Vince McMahon's uh, sunk in about $200 million into the project. And obviously then it took off for a while and it was uh, somewhat successful. But then obviously the coronavirus hit and then obviously he had to file for bankruptcy because obviously he couldn't keep the league going. So mm -hmm. that, there was that. So in bankruptcy, um, Dwayne Johnson bought the uh, rights, uh, from what I understand, and also used Red Capital as its, Redbird Capital as its partner, and they managed to buy the thing for $15 million. Wow. So Vince McMahon, from what I can understand, has probably lost a lot of money out of doing this. Okay, then. Yeah, so, but mind you, like, here's the thing about this, though, um, maybe now, even though the XFL had a really terrible start and has a really terrible revival, dare I say, maybe Dwayne Johnson could actually revive this league and have it be competitive. I mean, I mean, it does sound like an interesting concept, but uh, again, you know, it's all about execution. So if he can do it, then, you know, who knows? Maybe it'll have, like, a, a very similar appeal to, like, um, something like, you know, uh, uh, MMA or something like, um, you know, those extreme sports. So, but, I mean... If, well, here's if, the thing if, about this. It needs to move away from that. Like, you know, like, uh, yeah, I know The Rock kind of like, you know, is, you know, the Dwayne Johnson is The Rock. But, I mean, we know him more now for being a movie star than we do know him for being a wrestler now. When you really yes, think about true. it. I mean, we did discuss about that last week when he was almost cast to be Willy Wonka in the Tim Burton, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Exactly. Now, so basically what Dwayne Johnson needs to do, he needs to move the XFL away from wrestling. That's mm -hmm. what he needs to do. So he needs XFL to be kind of its own thing. And that's what I think he's going to do. So, and also on top of that as well, um, guess what uh, The Rock used to do before he went into wrestling? Uh, he was a football player. Exactly, yeah. So he has, he has an idea of the business. So he knows what he needs to go into, into an enjoyable football game. And so, yeah, I mean, when, when, I mean, when Vince, Vince McMahon, I mean, did he have any, you know, experience with football? As far as I'm aware, no. So, I mean, I'm sure it'll be a lot better in hands with Dwayne Johnson than with Vince McMahon. Exactly. So, um, wait and see. I mean, like, obviously we need to get over the coronavirus first before we can even get the XFL off the ground. So, because right now, Dwayne Johnson, all he owns is basically the intellectual property rights. He doesn't like, you know, as far as I'm aware, I'm not too sure what the uh, the situation with all the teams are and everything like that. I and mean, even the stadiums. <laughs> Good grief. Like, you know, how are they going to make money out of that? I mean, like, given the fact you can't get uh, fans into the stadiums because of obviously what's going on. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, well, I don't know about that at the minute. But, uh, yeah. Uh, moving on, we've got some... Uh, we'll end with some video game news. Um, Animal, Animal Crossing New Horizon has outsold the entire Metroid franchise. Oh, my God. This makes me so depressed. Well, you know, to be fair, though, I mean, Animal Crossing has been so desperately missed, and now all of a sudden it's back. And now millions upon millions of people are downloading it. And not only that, not only is it like a nostalgia trip for a lot of people who played Animal Crossing, it's actually a really good game for people to actually interact with. And it's got so much variety to it as well. So, I mean, like, uh, it's, it's come back at an amazing time for Nintendo. And once again, Nintendo once again printing money with their Nintendo Switches. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so, I mean, like, uh, this can only be good news for Nintendo. 
And oh yeah, sure for them, absolutely. But you know, for Metroid fans like us, it's like a it's like a, a stab in the heart. Well, I mean, like uh, we still got a Metroid game coming up, in, up, up somewhere down the line. So like, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly, somewhere down the line. Especially since you know, if you remember last year, you know, Nintendo were just so unhappy with well, you know, whatever Bandai Namco and the other company was doing with it that they decided to scrap the whole thing over and call Retro Studios to say, hey, we need you to come back and fix this game because it's not up to the standards that we feel Metroid should be. And it was done by, by scratch. So that means we have to wait even longer for the game. Well, I mean, like, uh, as Shigeru Miyamoto says, and uh, he has the wise words, you know, like, uh, if, uh, if you bring out a bad game, it stays bad forever. But if you work on it a bit longer, then it becomes timeless. That is true, yeah, yeah, yeah. A delayed game is eventually good, but a bad game is, you know, uh, a, a rush game is forever bad, yes, I exactly, know. Exactly, yeah, and so, I mean, Nintendo were learning their lessons from when they gave their properties. I mean, do you remember Star Fox Assault? I mean, like, when that went to Namco, and uh, they basically just uh, kind of, like, uh, ported it onto, uh, you know, another Air Assault game that they had, and then just uh, put in some, you know, uh, uh, bad, you know, bad ground controls. You know, like, oh, uh, yeah, and, and let us not forget about Metroid Other M when they gave it to Team Ninja. Exactly, yeah. I mean, like, uh, uh, here's the thing, like, uh, in a way, I think maybe we should be thankful. I mean, maybe 10, 20 years down the line, maybe some, like, stuff will be leaked out from, like, what Namco Bandai did actually did on the game, and it will be like, oh, yikes, you know, I'm really glad they didn't bring that out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, like, I, I mean, it's kind of like a few years ago when I heard, uh, you know, the story about like, you know, they wanted to do a Metroid game for the Nintendo 64, but Nintendo didn't really have a concrete idea on what to even do with it. So they never did it. So, I mean, I, I, I can, you know, as for me, like, I, you know, knowing about what the Nintendo 64 could do, it's like, yeah, I'm kind of glad that that didn't happen. Because, you know, a, a, an exploration game like, you know, Metroid... Um, I don't know could have worked in the Nintendo 64. I mean, I'm sure that there are some cases, but, you know, something like the PlayStation was more powerful, you know, to kind of do that stuff, like with Symphony of the Night. But, um, yeah, I, but, yeah, I'm actually curious about, like, what did, like, what did Namco Bandai do that made it so bad that Nintendo was like, nope, Retro Studios, please come back and fix this mess. Yeah, I think uh, we'll, uh, we won't know now, probably now for a good decade or so. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, I mean, how, how long did it take for us to actually see like all like uh, the uh, the Nintendo leaks for like you know the Super Nintendo and the Nintendo sixty four? I mean, what oh, like yeah, uh, yeah I mean, like uh, we're, we're talking about. I think I think you and I will probably be in our forties and fifties before we even learn about that. Exactly. So. Yeah. Like I mean, all that stuff has been hidden for almost thirty years. Exactly. So you know we're gonna we're gonna be old people before before we even know that. You know, like for people who are wondering about, like, you know, uh, you know, how many how many copies did Animal Crossing Souls compare to the entire Metroid franchise? So, uh, the art the article's right here from Nintendo Life, and it was uh, it was based off of a tweet by uh, Christopher Dring. Uh, uh, he, he is at Chris underscore Dring. So, um, as of the recording of this podcast, Animal Crossing New Horizons has sold twenty two million copies worldwide it is the second best selling game on the switch um already outselling um the legend of zelda breath of the wild and super smash brothers ultimate do, 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 oh. you remember when the animal crossing fans were all complaining about why they never got animal crossing games can you imagine that uh, animal crossing uh, new horizons would have done this good if they like had like several sequels before it 
I mean, to be fair, you know, it, yes. I mean, like, we already had various other Animal Crossing games, like on the 3DS and uh, the Wii U. Um, the 3DS, you know, had Animal Crossing City Life, I think. And then the Wii U kind of just pretty much almost killed the franchise with Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival. And then there was mm-hmm. that Animal Crossing mobile game that didn't really yeah, work. Well, yeah, they, they had, like, all, like, all like you know, the, the NAF games and things like that. But then, like, actually, had, like, a problem, you know, console title. You know, when you really think about it. Yeah, they haven't it. had a console title in a very long time. Yeah, yeah. so, I mean, like, a Nintendo were, were wise to wait, you know, until, you know, they could obviously, you know, bring out a, a good game like this. And, you know, I think at this point, I mean, like, uh, I dare question Nintendo's judgment on some of the things that they do. Because, you know, like, uh, every time that you think... We, you know, how many times have we, like, uh, sat there and said, oh, that'll never work, and then all of a sudden it works? Like, do you remember when uh, Awata was sitting there with a Wiimote? You know, in his hand, and we were looking at thinking, it's a TV remote. There's no way that's going to sell with the hardcore audience. And then all of a sudden, they found this uh, brand new audience of people who actually want to do bowling and sports and things like that and want to do workout on their Wii Fits and things like that. You know, like, and, and Nintendo are a lot more, you know, savvy than I think they, they, I think they, they let on sometimes. I think um, just because they're not thinking of, like, you know, one particular thing doesn't mean they're not thinking about, you know, another thing. They really seem to have a really good knack for, like, you know, sites, you know, where. Uh, you know, second get, you know, we're making your second guess. Right, exactly. Yeah, so, I mean, let's take a look at, um, you know, the games that, you know, with Metroid. And now, the Metroid uh, titles, uh, as of the recording of this podcast, once again, it is uh, the entire franchise. Mm-hmm. Like, all 11 games. Yeah. 18 million. Well, I think that's what they meant by the the entire Metroid franchise. <laughs> yeah, but I'm I'm just like I'm just trying to hem- emphasize it because when because Metroid is the first game well, of the series. You're, so you're, you're really you're really upset about this, aren't you? <laughs> I am really upset about this. I'm, I'm, I am genuinely upset about this. Oh, poor I mean, Metroid. I mean, here's the thing. Like, I mean, I even mentioned this last week, and I know that a lot of people were kind of angry that I said this, but. I'm I'm not the I I I mean I don't really see the appeal of Animal Crossing. I mean it's just like you have this character, you live in this neighborhood and you get to do various things. I mean like I, I mean I I'm not into like those kind of games. I'm not into like the the you know the create your own world kind of games like Minecraft or well, Mario. Well, Maker. here's the thing about this Patricia. I mean the, do you remember that whole thing about uh, guess what came out the same day as Animal Crossing? Doom Eternal. Exactly, yeah. And, you know, all, all the memes that came across that as well. You know, like, and also they kind of crossed over as well. So, you know, Doom fans all of a sudden got interested in buying Switches and playing Animal Crossing. Like, it was it was something they never played before. And all the Animal Crossing people decided, oh, hey, you know, Doom is something that I've heard about, you know, back in the retro days, but never actually properly played it. So, if anything, they kind of helped each other out with that whole meme that came out with them being best friends. <laughs> with Doom yeah, guy yeah. and Isabel. So, like... Uh, you know, like, I like to think that's still happening. Like, somewhere down the line, you know, um, you know, ID Software and Nintendo have to make that canon. Somewhere down sure. the line. You know, like, anyway, you know, like, yeah. you know, like, here's the thing about this as well. Like, um, you know, we might still get some more Smash Brothers characters. And, like, you know, if, if anyone's going to invite Doom Slayer into it, it's got to be Isabel. And so, you know, obviously Nintendo, Nintendo wants stupid. They'll, they'll put that, that's the way they'll invite Doom Slayer in if he's going to get into Smash Brothers Ultimate. Uh, yeah, very true. Hmm. Anyway, but I'm just going to read off. You know, again, apologies for the printer. So yeah, um, I'm gonna read off the amount of sales of the entire franchise. So let's start off with the NES. So Metroid sold 2.73 million copies. Metroid 2 sold 1.72. Super Metroid 1.42. Metroid Fusion 1.6. Metroid Prime 2.84, which is currently, even after 16 years later, 
It is the best-selling Metroid game in the entire franchise. Only almost 3 million copies. And Animal Crossing New Horizons 22. That is sad. Uh, Metroid Zero Mission, um, uh, 93,000 copies. Uh, the classic NES series, Metroid, 43,000 copies. Metroid Prime 2, 1.1 um, million copies. Uh, Metroid Prime Pinball, uh, 26... Um, yeah, tw uh, yeah uh, 20, 0 0.26 copies. Uh, Metroid Prime Hunters, 1.08 uh, million copies. Metroid Prime 3 Corruption, 1.41 million copies. The Metroid Prime Trilogy, uh, 0 .0, uh, 0.64 million copies. Uh, Metroid Other M, 1.36 million copies. Metroid Prime Federation Force, 0 0.15 copies, which is the lowest uh, uh, selling of the entirety because everybody was so pissed off that Metroid Prime Federation Force, it wasn't the game that everybody was looking for. And then finally, Metroid Samus Returns, which was... Um, you know, half a million copies. So, yeah, the, all the all of that combined to eighteen point two three million copies for the entire franchise, going on for almost thirty, uh, yeah, almost thirty five years, and one game from Animal Crossing out was able to crush them all. Uh, Patricia, actually, I've just been reading about Animal Crossing. There's actually going to be some new DLC coming out. Well, that's good. I'm glad that um, you know Animal Crossing will be getting some new DLC. Oh, you know, uh, more... do you want to know what it is? Uh, what is uh, it? It's a pub where people can go to uh, drink the tears of Metroid fans. Screw you. <laughs> <laughs> At least I'm having fun. So, uh, like, uh, but you know, well, like, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I know Metroid fans are upset about, you know, the fact that their, you know, franchise has not done so well at, at, this, at this point in time. And they're still waiting for another game to come out from Retro Studios. But, uh, you know, like, uh, I mean, you know, you, everyone here will obviously be complaining at the minute. But by the time we've got another Metroid game out, I think everyone will be happy. I think. I mean, I, I understand that Metroid has never been really popular, um, you know, towards anywhere. I mean, uh, in Japan... It's gotten even less, you know, po uh, you know, re relevance to the, you know, to gamers. The only well, reason I've, I've, why always, I've always thought Metroid was kind of more of an American thing, I think, more exactly. than a Japanese yeah, thing. It's always it's always been more popular in America than it has been in Japan. So the fact that, um, you know, that we don't that you know Americans have been wanting to see the Metroid franchise for the longest time, and the Japanese don't really understand it. It's like, yeah, for I I mean, where is it? You know. Mm -hmm. And finally, we end you with the news that uh, Xbox seems to have taken on an unofficial new mascot. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I was looking through it and I was like, Aaron, who's this character? Yeah. Um, so this is the uh, brute character that appeared in the, um, the uh, demonstration for uh, when they were when they were showing off Halo Infinity and uh, the brute character that uh, they showed uh, was uh, not the best looking character and uh, actually that's one thing Halo Infinity is being kind of criticized over a little bit that's uh, its uh, uh, lack of graphical capability but uh, later on they showed better uh, graphics for it but uh, um, Craig the Brute has now come <laughs> to become a part of uh, Halo Infinity's uh, and also Xbox's official mascot at the moment and uh, this was confirmed on their Twitter feed so yeah i i think I've, I've been seeing a lot of like comparisons like comparing uncharted 4 to to the new halo game so i i mean i can understand that but i it's kind of interesting because when it, when you think of like um xbox mascots you don't think of 
you know, Greg the Brute. I mean, most people think of Master Chief. Yeah, they do. And, uh, you know, like, but mind you, uh, he's a meme at this point. And so, I mean, they can't really control, you know, how they promote themselves pretty much in the era of social media now. I mean, it used to be a time, like, uh, where Mario, I mean, would be, you know, obviously the front of Nintendo. I mean, obviously several decades ago. He's had a chance to kind of, you know, he's obviously wasn't brought up in the time of social media. Same with uh, Sonic the Hedgehog in regards to Sega and uh, same with uh, various other mascots. But, uh, unfortunately, Unfortunately, when something like this takes off, I mean, you know, uh, the, I don't think Microsoft have much of a choice in the matter. I think if uh, Craig the Brute is the um, the the brute that uh, you know the Halo fans want to uh, champion, then obviously, you know, I think Microsoft have no choice but to kind of like you know take it on from themselves. So. I mean, that's kind of weird because you know we I mean, when it comes to like um debating about like you know who's the memeiest character that we can be able to make as our mascot if there, if it was the case for nintendo then we would have made waluigi the mascot of nintendo a long time ago yeah exactly but so here's the thing about this mario's had had longevity so i mean and also he was he, the nintendo had the chance to control the messaging more at that point I think in this, I think in this day and age, I don't think uh, they, I don't think Microsoft and Xbox uh, have that luxury anymore. I think uh, fans are just going to gravitate to whatever they feel is uh, representative of their brand. I, I, it's kind of like uh, you know how Sony, uh, according to uh, you know over the years that um, you know Polygon Man was kind of like a showcase of the uh, the console for uh, the PlayStation. So I guess that's kind of like the case for that. Maybe. Well, anyway, um, Craig the Brute's your new mascot, everybody, so uh, <laughs> have fun with that. And uh, Halo Infinity, I'm actually looking forward to, so uh, hopefully it will come out and uh, we'll enjoy that too. So, but uh, anyway, um, we've met each other hour, so I think uh, we've got to leave it at that. And uh, just to let you guys know that uh, coming soon uh, after this episode, there's actually going to be a bonus episode that's going to be posted up uh, a little few in a few days' time, uh, which is uh, where me and Patricia react to uh, the infamous Donald Trump interview on Axios on HBO. So uh, keep an eye out for that. But uh, thanks everybody for checking out the show, and uh, we will see you all. Uh, very soon next week. If you don't catch us for the bonus show, we will catch you on and continue to let you know about the election, about entertainment stuff, and also about the video game stuff as well. So, take care, everybody. Take care, and bye for now. See you later.